This is September 3rd, 2011. Just sitting here this morning, almost afternoon, because I worked last night. Praise God. Meditating upon the Lord. And what's kind of coming to mind is somewhat interesting. It's re recalling the Hebrews verse, which has been coming a lot lately. I think it's Hebrews 12, where it says, One more time. I will shake the earth, shake the foundation of the only not just earth, but heaven and earth. And I believe that's a, I can't remember the prophets, one of the minor prophets, where the Lord said he would do that one more time also. Let me look up the scriptures. Yeah, the prophetic, uh, the prophet verse is in the book of uh, Haggai. It is Haggai 2. 6 and 7 for thus says the Lord of hosts this is the NABA or NASB uh, Bible uh, sorry for this reason for thus says the Lord of hosts once more in a little while I am going to shake the heavens and the earth the sea also and the dry land I will shake all the nations and they will come with the wealth of all nations and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the, I'm going to go a little bit further. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. In the context of this one, Haggai and who worked pretty much around the same time as Zechariah and Ezra and Nehemiah were encouraging them to continue building the physical temple. Again, that physical temple, as it reminds us, as we are reminded in Hebrews, was still only a shadow of the permanent temple, which is us, brothers and sisters, with, with Jesus as the head. We are the permanent temple, and God is building it in our midst. We are not building it. We are just partakers with Him and in Him, but we are not the builders. We may be one of the ones swinging a hammer, so to speak, or when you were supposed to. Some of the ones going, being led by the Holy Spirit to go out and either plant or water. But we are not the builders. We are not charged with building a, a physical building. We are not, matter of fact, even in Genesis, Adam and Eve, as we're calling now, we're not even charged to build physical, permanent structures upon this earth. Well, so for if, if we waste the Lord's resources on those things, all that stuff will be burnt up when the wrath of God, when His wrath is poured out upon this earth. So... There's nobody that can justify building those big, humongous homes. You remember, they were chastened. Matter of fact, in the same Haggai one, in verse number 4, chapter 1, it says, It is time for you yourselves to dwell in your painted homes while this house lies desolate. People, God, Jesus is weeping. Both getting angry at the moral decay, and he is wanting to destroy this nation in this world as he did in the days of Noah. 
with his love for his creation, especially his highest creation, which is us. His heart is breaking. He is weeping over him. Lord, can't you? Guys, brothers and sisters, can't you hear the Lord weeping over us? We are playing religious games. We are just trying to retain our things and our money. He blesses with it, not so we would turn them into idols and would begin to worship them. He blessed because we were a blessing to others. Brothers and sisters, we are not a, a blessing to others. Is not just now. It is the main part of it, but it's not just going to somebody in their time of need and says, "The Lord be with you." The Lord will provide out there. And it's like you, I'll provide a little bit, but that's all I can now. Yeah, that's all you can now, brothers and sisters, because we have been so stupid is to waste his financial resources on things, on bigger things, bigger toys. I mean, remember the parables of the rich man that refused to give up his toys and they all died. In heaven, there was no more word mentioned of them. I mean, he turned his back on me, walked away. But getting back to uh, the Hebrews one, let me go look that up right now. When heaven and earth is shook, that means the Lord's voice is speaking mightily. It's, uh, I mean, over here in Hebrews 12. I'm going to go ahead and start at 25. I believe that's where the Lord would have us start. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape, those meaning the Israelites in the Old Testament, in the, uh, the 40 years in the wilderness when they perished, they did not enter their promised land. So I'm throw a little side teaching note in there. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warned from heaven. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence in a hall. For our God is a consuming fire. Again, just think of that last verse, verse 29, for our God is a consuming fire. What's coming to mind is Second Corinthians Coming very strongly, Second Corinthians two, chapter five, verse ten, where it talks about the bema seat, the the judgment seat of God. I mean, we will look the Lord Jesus right face to face. Our head may bow a couple of times, but the angels that will be holding us up, as in every past time, will lift us back up straight. And if we look. If we want a little bit of a vision of what it looks like to look the Lord in the face, just go to uh, Revelation chapter 1. That one, every time I read that one, I get shaky. I think it's, uh, hang on a minute. Yes, Revelation chapter 1, verse number 14. Uh, the whole context, it looks like it's 12 through 15, uh, 16. But I'm just going to go ahead and read number 14. His head and his hair were white like 
white wall, like snow and his eyes were like a flame of f fire. I mean, it's those eyes, those flame of fire is going to look at us and it's going to burn up all those things that had no eternal value. Like our homes, investing so much money in it. I mean, if we're just using it just as a temporary dwelling and to lay our hands and to spend time with our spouses. But if we're spending the majority of our time in those homes instead of allowing the Holy God through the Holy Spirit to take us outwards, the loss is outwards. The loss ain't going to come in your home. I'll say living in your room. Well, there may be some loss living in your room. And just keep trusting in God and keep praying for them and don't give up the praying even if it's been praying for 30, 40 years. But the loss is outside, brothers and sisters. Those homes, if you think, why spend two, three, four hundred thousand dollars, five hundred and more for an overpriced home, a stupid home, if you're only going to be there, say, two, three, four hours or maybe eight hours a day when you're sleeping at night, when you can just get a smaller home, get a motor home, Get a mobile home, rent a small little quaint apartment. You don't even need a 3,000 square foot apartment. You don't need the three, two, three, four thousand square foot home. If you're only supposed to be there temporarily, God may have you to be international missionaries and then missionaries home. He may have you, he may have some of you to also be preachers. He may have some of you to be preachers in a workplace. Employer may say, no, Walter. I mean, you're not going to stand up on your desk and start preaching out there, but whether you're singing psalms, psalms to the Lord or you're praising Him for allowing you to get a project done or whatever, or allowing you to talk to that co-worker during your lunchtime or go to a co-worker that says, you know, I've been praying with you. I've been praying for you a little while. I'll tell you, would you, you know, are you available for lunch? And then sitting down with that co-worker over lunch. And as I just read... In one of the Psalms, one nineteen. Hang on a minute. It's something I just read, and this is that's some of the reasons I like this version because it's more clear to understand. Psalm one nineteen twenty four. Your testimonies are my delight; they are my counselors. We got so many counselors that come around us when we're bad, saying, "Oh, well, you just got to keep looking for a job." Well, did you try here? Did you try there? I mean, I got so sick of hearing that thoughts unbiblical counsel. That's not counsel. That's worldly counsel. I said, yes, I've tried everywhere, and I still continue to pray and try everywhere. When the job is hard, when you're working nights out there and you're trying to serve the Lord during the day, and you're surrounded by hypocrites. You're surrounded by those that claim the name of Jesus, but all they're doing is trying to hang out to the business. They're helping the rich retain their riches out there, and they're not doing anything to those for those that are um, that are truly in need. The rich ain't in need, at least not yet, until uh, Social Security is destroyed and. Uh, I mean, most of them over here, they got overpriced cultures, and they're, they're trying to retain an American lifestyle, which is, never was from God. But to get back to this verse, that was a little bit of a testimony of what the Lord has been doing in me and through me. But when you look at it, they are your cultures. I mean, it's the testimony of the Lord to each, given to each and every one of us, whatever his testimony is for us, that's what we're supposed to be sharing. That's the counsel we're supposed to be sharing. I haven't grasped it all yet. I'll admit that. I mean, I'm waiting. I mean, I'm like, you know, more and more I get closer to the Lord and more I hear his voice. I think I'm the chiefest of sinner. I mean, I can't, 
I haven't done nothing right in my life. I can't say anything I've done right in my life. I mean, I'm just a big failure. I mean, just like when that second Corinthians 5.10 day comes up, as soon as those of us that are watching and eagerly awaiting the Lord's return are taking out of the way of the final seven years down here and the wrath of God that we're pouring upon the earth and won't have to worry about being tempted with the mark of the beast. I mean, I see everything that I've done burnt up. I don't know. I mean, that's just like, I just want to see him. I want to see the Lord. I'm tired. I'm weary. It's like the Holy, it's like the Holy Spirit is reminding me the ministry he's given me is not done yet. I mean, I just, I can't even see it clear anymore. Okay, that's a prayer request. But again, brothers and sisters, watch the way you're counseling. We're just, I mean, you are, we are so foolish. Maybe you, you may be so foolish if you're counseling somebody and you call it mentoring and just say, well, we gotta keep the young people. If you're mentoring a young person, you're trying to keep them in school, this and that. Bring them to the Lord. The Lord will empower him to bring them to school. You have no power, brother or sister. To keep them in school. You never did and you never will. I have no power. I mean, that that ain't from God. There is nothing in there in Scripture. Share your testimony. Share what the Lord did. Said, this is how the Lord kept me in school. Or this is how the Lord kept me from uh, the sin of fornication. That's a bigger testimony we need to be sharing. That better I fight every day. I work around attractive women out there. I mean, I mean it's like... And brothers and sisters, when the Lord prompts somebody name... Stop your friggin' projects. That is not the word I wanted to use. Thank you, Lord, for not letting me go in that vein. Go down that vein. I am so sick of this loneliness. Of this loneliness out there. When somebody put, and then you say, oh, I'm too busy to call you. I'm too busy to send an email to encourage you. I'm too busy. That's bull crap. The Lord puts me or anybody else on your heart. You stop what you are doing. You pick up the phone. Unless you know their work hours. That's what it says. Call them at this hour. I said, you stop what you're doing. That's instant obedience. You pick up that phone. It says, what's going on? What's that struggle? There was a brother in our midst that was that true living testimony. Whatever he may have been doing. If the Lord prompted him to call, he called. And the Lord showed me for that season. It was the same back reverse. Whatever I was doing, I mean, I couldn't stop. If I was making dinner, I had to turn off the stove. Or turn off the well, microwave. Just had to turn off myself. So. Or oven. You had to turn that off, and then I had to call him. And there were times that I tried to fight. I says, Lord, what are you doing? I mean, I'm making dinner. You know, it's just turn it off and call him. Now, I didn't instant obedient to him, but let me know. It's like, I got a little chance. Did you go turn that off? Guess what I ended up doing? Turn that off and calling him. Because then we had to fight through our male pride to get through. That brother, every one of us knows that brother. I'm not going to mention the name. I'll tell you, should be able to describe. He was a living testimony. There has not been another. I mean, I love y'all. I know y'all love me, but there has not been another brother since his work was finished down here. And he was taken home, and now he's enjoying the face of the face of the Lord waiting for the rest of us to come up so we can have that grand reunion there has not been another single brother we're always too busy we should never period when we say we're too busy we're disobeying God we've got something in our life that we don't need to have 
And that's what it is. Getting back to Hebrews. And I think the Lord wants me to close. That's what the Lord wants us to shake. And brothers and sisters, if we continue to cling to those things as He's shaking it from us, we're not going to win. God's going to win. Praise God He will because our Heavenly Father is stronger than we are. Stronger than we are. He's going to remove it. And if He has to forcibly remove something out of our hand, it's for us I had to learn. It's for our good sake. It's going to be ugly. It's going to hurt more than it should have been. If we're trying to have a tooth pulled, I mean, probably not even, this ain't even close. But this is all I can, I'm thinking of at the moment. I don't know why. If we're having a tooth pulled out there and the dentist don't put as much Novocaine as we like or if he, or, or doesn't put enough gas, we feel that sucker, we're going to fight him pulling that out and it's going to take longer and it's going to hurt longer. I believe in gas myself when I had tooth pulled. <laughs> Complete gas where I don't, you know, I go to sleep and I wake up when it's done. <laughs> Any kind of surgery, I don't want no locals. So I want to go completely out because I'm a wimp when it comes to pain. But if there's anything, Lord, I get you to get rid of, you better get rid of it. Because if He takes it, He loves us enough where He go take it out of our hand. And, and you may you may go months sobbing like you may be like Jonah. So let it go. So again, we need to get back to the fellowship. We need to get back to that. Encouraging and encouraging people does include coming with a word saying, Why are you doing that? You know that's not what God wants you to do. Encouragement is, Oh, well, that's your God. God's with you. God's here. God to stop you to do it. Hey, encouragement, that's a lie from the devil. Sometimes encouragements are meant to hurt when it's keeping us right in his eyes. So we need to stop this little friggin' lie of a. Encouragement always has to be. Oh, you know, well, we're doing a good job. We're doing a good job. We'll never do a good job. It's the Lord that does the job. Okay, I'm gonna leave that one. Love y'all again. Let us get back to doing what we're all called to do. We're all called to proclaim the gospel, no matter what. We got lost in our jobs. If you're blessed to work at home, well, sometimes that's a blessing. But as I find out, sometimes there's distractions there too. But if uh, blessed to work at home out there, then you got somebody you need to be calling. You got somebody you need to be emailing. I don't care if your boss says you got a deadline out there. You know, I had deadlines to meet at CMS. And what was funny, whenever a teacher called, and as I was looking up the answer to her problem, or question, whatever it was, oh, I remember that this testimony of the Lord is clear. Always had the time to ask her what the Lord lays upon my heart to ask her boldly, and I didn't get fired for that. And you know what? That was I had. I was one of two people. We worked well together, doing the entire teacher payroll, and we never missed a deadline. Some of the other workers attempted to come over and help us once they got their work caught up. And their payroll was completed. But by that point, we were already done. We'd already had done. And that was God. That was not just, you know, 30 years of veteran and 8 years of veteran. I mean, that was all God to make sure. Because we took the time to talk to somebody, to listen to somebody. And to, and to keep our ears bent toward the Lord. As to what He wants to do. 
both in answering their question regarding the payroll and regarding their issues. I really believe that the Lord is going to put me face to face with teachers there that because he equipped me to take the time. I'm going to see him in heaven. And we're both going to point, you know. They may come to me saying, thank you, but I'm going to point and I'm going to say, no, thank him on the throne. Lord, lift up me right now regarding those who the Lord ministered through me for those six years. I've gotten confirmations that the majority of them have become parents and not married. They've fallen to the temptation. I mean, what the Lord brought to my mind, this is no boasting of me, this is the boasting of the Lord. This is how you can tell if the real gospel is being proclaimed, if the whole counsel of God, whole counsel of God is being taught or just a watered down gospel of it. I mean, they were God allowed me to see that they were beginning to hear his voice, they were drawing closer to him. Uh, the temptations are still there, they ain't going away. Because they're part of this earth, they're part of that. Matter of fact, they're even part of our the dead fleshly call uh the soul soulless part of us you know the body part of us you know that part's been crucified guys remember that but uh when you got teaching that bases itself not on the spirit of god but rather on the soul i mean you're susceptible to the temptation when you can see the difference in the teachings from when god uh walked me out of that ministry uh every one of them went back to their old ways. They fell at temptation, they fell into having fornications, and now they're having, and they're not married. They're having, um, they're still not married, having kids out of wedlock, just like their ancestors, just like their, their parents before them. You know, some of them were blessed to have parents, so it's like, there are still some, but I still got some young ladies of God that are holding themselves up. I'll tell you, they're still here to watch the Lord. I, you know, you know I pray and I ask, or at least one other to come to pray in agreement with me out there. You know who you are, whether you're brother, sister, father, God. I lift up those young ladies, father, God. I lift up those young men that have you know, not fallen to the temptation of sin, the temptation of sex, father, God, the temptation of fornication, the temptation of uh, out of wedlock marriage, which is fornication. Because not fornication. I ask that you keep them lifted up, father, God. I pray that your seed, your seed, not the enemy's seed, that is also being planted. Father God, through TVs, through music, through the different cultures, Father God, I pray, Father God, that your seed continue to take root and continue to richly go deep down within their souls, within their spirits, Father God. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, by you, Holy Spirit of God, Father God, that you will keep them, that you keep their minds girded up on you and you alone. When they sense that there is strength, Father God, that they call upon their name, Father God, and they richly run back to you, Father God. I pray, Father God, for the young ladies, Father God, that are holding themselves up, Father God, to hold some. May they remain pure in your eyes, Father God. May they re remain steadfast in your name and in your word, Father God. We don't have the power to do it. We never did. We never will have the power to do it. The power is in you, Lord Jesus, Father God. I pray this in Jesus' name. So again, I'm going to leave this. I still have a need God had told me, he commanded me one night in Asheville, a deep river. He says, are you ready to live in the RV? 
I may have misunderstood whether that I we I don't know what's going on. He want he does not want me abiding you living in this van. I stood I have no idea where my folks are. I think they're staying with a friend's house for the weekend, but I don't know. Ask the Lord to show um, show me how to get him a cell phone that I you know that I have been equipped to pay for. I still have financial needs. They're gonna get, get Lord's always show me they're gonna get screwed even more. Not just them, but you know the residents that will be still living there by the owner of the park. They want to raise the rent, and they're gonna use this to raise the rent to an already overpriced rent, and they're not gonna fully put the money back. They're not fully gonna fix the uh, the property like they were commanded to do. Lord, I'll be showing me that because their hearts are bad. And I pray that their hearts get right. I pray that they hear the unction of the Holy Spirit. I pray that uh, somebody boldly, Paul would was used of God to boldly speak to Felix, to Festus, to, I think he spoke to Caesar, didn't he? I'm not sure how many out here. I don't remember the scripture in Acts. I know he was heading for Rome and he made it to Rome. I think he spoke to Caesar, but I'm not sure. Uh... But he was used to speak to many political figures and religious leaders. I pray that he sent somebody to the the governor of Massachusetts, to even the president now, and if a President Obama has God's will for him to be in it again, to go and speak with them. Says, get back to your Christian roots, get back to your faith in Christ. None of this religious doctrines. Stick to the Word of God. Stick to the Lord Jesus. And he will equip them. We need to have. We need to be bold to go speaking to these politicians. We are, you know, they may look like they're on a physical level, and we pray for them. We give them respect. But brothers and sisters, they are equal. I don't care if you're president of the United States. I don't care if you're president of Egypt. I don't care if you're the president of the EU. They are still equal in God's eyes. They are not better than us. Never have been better. We are not better than them. We are a holy nation. We're above them. This kid, we're not even of this kingdom down here no more. We're not of this nation down here no more. We, we are just stewards of God. That's it. We are servants. God has taught me something the last couple of days. I'm going to share it with you and end here. That we need to come to here in two different ways out there. For us that are stewards over areas or ministers over area. You know, which we're all ministers. First we need to come in here most of the time as a father and son relationship. Or a father and daughter relationship. For you ladies, then we come to him. Says, "Dad, I'm scared." You, yeah. I was taught never to be scared in a thunderstorm. And to this day, I still don't do it. I, don't, I mean, that's why when I seen the thunder around the around the throne of God, I don't know why I freaked like the Israelites did. So, I've been forgiven that. Thank the Lord. But we also become him when we get ready to go serve somebody. When we go out into the world. When we go to work. When we go out into that mission field we've been given out there each and every day. Whether we go to lunch. That's a mission field. We don't just go there and try and gain a relationship with them. There's nothing scriptural about that. If the Lord drops something in our spirit out there. He wants to speak. He wants to smoke. No matter the consequence, what worldly consequences may come about. We had to come to. Okay Lord. Help me to serve you today. I need help as a servant now I'll come to you. There are times when we need to we need to learn and discern when the times to come to him as a father and a son. I deserve to come to the Lord as a brother and as our advocate. They all got purposes. 
But we need to ask God, okay, I'm coming to you as a servant, Lord. What do you want to teach me and what do you want to teach these people? What do you want to go? If we're not doing that, then we're trying to do it in our own strength. <laughs> and I failed. But again, what's the Lord trying to shake from you? What is your giving up? Sell that house. God don't say keep houses here, rent here and rent, and rent it out there to keep income coming in. He don't care about how many income sources we have. He is our income source. Period. That's our story. Our job is not our income source. He is our income source. Never has, never will. Whatever he puts you to do. If he wants you to move across the country, <coughs> how can you do that in this economy out there and still try to make a profit on that home? If he wants to send somebody to California to go boldly stand up to the producers and the directors in Hollywood. If he wants to put us in the midst of the uh, Satan's seat. we got plenty of Satan's seats around this area. The homestead I believe I'm drawn from, I'll tell you, needs the word of God again. My flesh is saying, no, run, scared, stay out. But my spirit is drawing me ever closer to those people because I'm tired of seeing that just works-based religion. As a matter of fact, you know what? We can't say the Catholics have the only work base because the Baptists have it too. They all have a workspace. It's always do something for God. It's always doing something just... When Jan and we confuse that term, God tell Okay, that's off subject. But there's something else about to be doers of the word. I says, yeah, just live in Christ. Abide in Him. Rest in Him. We're seated in heavenly places with Him. Right now, brothers and sisters, if we truly believe that with our mouth and our heart, when we lead somebody to the Lord, we got to stop leading them just with, to get them to force a confession out of their mouth. We need a, God wants a profession and a confession. The confession is just what He's doing in the heart. Because remember what Jesus says, oh man, that just came to me. Hallelujah. Shut up. Because of whatever comes out of the mouth, it comes from the heart. So it's not what man, it's not what we're putting in our how We can eat too much food like I did, which is bad for the body and not good stewardship of God. I don't want to do that again. Uh, but that's a believing in the heart. If the Holy Spirit's already doing the work and it's already done the work and, it, and that day the salvation's already there, and if it's us trying to coerce that confession out of the mouth, then it ain't God. It's going to come out when we talk to that person. We share God's testimony for what He did for us. I said, this is how He took us. God wants to put people in our path. He wants to save people. He wants to do. He wants to manifest His glory and His love for us. But if we're not loving one another, if we're not taking the time to love one another, because, oh, we're so busy. Oh, we have to work. Oh, we have to mentor. Which, by the way, mentoring is not in Scripture. So why are we trying to mentor? Why are we not going to sitting down with these young people, younger ones than us, and says, let's, let's take the Lord. Let's see what the Lord has to say. Even if they're not believers, we says, well, okay, well, let's try this. I says, let's just see what God has to say. Okay, and if they're a Buddhist, okay, well, let's see what Buddha has to say. You know God's way is going to win out over that one. <laughs> That was a that was a seed water. That was a planting. We need to stop compromising. We compromise enough that look at the moral decadence. Where the church supposedly this strong, and the moral decay, we are worse than the days of Noah. We are worse in this nation alone, and we had the word of God. We can no longer take the word of God outside this nation. With and have it be accepted by us. 
because of the condition of our own nation. Because people are looking back saying, if you know God so much, look at you. Why is your nation so morally decadent? That's a thought. That's a frightening thought. We have reproached God's name. We have mocked God's name. We have, oh, God wants everybody to have a big house. He wants everybody to have a mortgage. He wants. He does not want nobody to have a mortgage. We have all witnessed. I've witnessed a very large donation being given to a particular organization because they're obeying God. They will have no debt. But John, fortunately, most of your founders and the board members are still not following that line of teaching yet, but God is working in that area also, I believe this. Okay, that's the heart the Lord's given me out there, and He's given it to you too. Just seek it out like a treasure. The gospel is truly a treasure. That's that, that's that treasure hunting. I've uncovered uh, some... An interesting little game on traveling called geocaching. G-E-O-C-A-C-H-E dot com. By one of the fellow campers. I mean, yes, you can get carried away with that. But that is kind of a fun activity, especially if you got kids. Try to find some, but let's relate it to the gospel also. In a similar way that we do that geocaching. That was kind of fun doing that because I like to hike. I like to get out there. Do adventurous things, but as we're walking it, let's uh, relate it to truly seeking after the Lord and see what it is to see the treasure instead of a treasure find. Mm, that was good. God is good. Love you.